chapter 4 and verse 10 and you there say amen as we begin to indulge in mark chapter 4 I want to show you something tonight that I believe is significant in the life of every believer that we have to understand mark chapter 4 and verse 10 I'm gonna read out of the King James version you have it on the screen But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you that you're going to speak in a way that every ear in this room can hear what the Spirit is speaking and teaching to the church. Father, we ask that our minds would be open to the revelatory revelation of your word. God, that you would allow the mind that was in Christ so also to be in us. Allow our minds to be renewed and transformed by the Word of God, alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. In this room tonight, Father God, that we would hear what the Spirit is seeking, God, and as you would speak it, Father God, that we would begin to take position according to your Word. Father, allow your Word to be like the ink and the pen of a ready writer upon my lips tonight. Let me speak, Father God, not eloquently, but Father God, intensely, Father God, piercing the heart, piercing the soul, dividing the soul from the spirit, the bone from the marrow. Father, that you would establish your word, that your word wouldn't just be heard, but it would be done. Father, that we would take this instruction as a blueprint, as a pattern tonight, as an understanding, Father God, that many of us have been warring, many of us have been living in battles. God, that you've already settled. Let us arrive at the place, God, that we can receive the victory. Father, we thank you tonight for victory that's in this house, victory that's in this room, for the people of God to know what you are speaking in this hour. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. But when he was alone, those around him, the 12, they asked him about the parable. Jesus spoke and taught in parables. I want to teach to you tonight on the concept, you ready, of this, God's courtroom. I believe that one thing that the church needs to have a revelation on, I think a lot of times we look at, we look at, we look at the battlefield. We talk about spiritual warfare, but I'm confident that there are many believers that are living below what God has called us to simply because, not because we haven't obtained it in battle, but because we haven't obtained it in the courtroom. The Bible is clear, matter of fact, and I'll indulge in this a little bit tonight, but as we begin to understand actually God's system, God's judicial system, God's kingdom is more set up that of a courtroom than it is a battlefield. The church has often taken the place and the position of a ready warrior, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there are some things we don't have to fight for. Come on, somebody. 
There are things that are already settled in heaven and it is the life of the believer, the devotion of the believer to obtain those things which Jesus, when he stretched out his arms and said, it is finished. What is the it? There are things that God has finished, but we as believers have to find and discover in our faith what it is that he has for us. And I'm confident that many times in the church, we take the position of warfare when really what we should be doing is taking the position of more like a summons or a petition or a bench warrant. Come on, somebody. Let me teach and let me, let me talk to you on this tonight because I think the church needs to understand this. Luke 18, watch. i got to show you Luke 18, verse 1. And it says, And then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying there was a certain in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regarded man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she, we- she weary me. Then the, Lord, then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust sa- judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect? who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. Verse 8, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith in the earth? Watch this. What did the widow do when she wanted justice from her adversary? She didn't speak. Watch this. She didn't speak to the adversary. She spoke to the judge, that she may find restitution. Watch this. A lot of, watch this. I got I to help you. See, that's where we have to realize that the battle we face aren't with the devil as much as it is that most of us, what we are seeing, we are seeing scenarios that are not as much about the devil. But watch this. It's about the church going to the righteous judge and getting the judgment to rule in our favor. Do you hear what I'm teaching tonight? See, a lot of times what we want to do is we want to pick a fight with the devil. A lot of times we, Ephesians 6 and 17, we put on the whole armor of God and we think, here we go again, I got to go to battle. But what we have to understand is when Jesus said it was finished, there are battles that have been won that we don't ever have to fight. And I wonder how many believers pick up a sword and go to war when Jesus is saying, listen, it's already been won. But see, what we have to do is we have to take the position of rather than a ready warrior, we have to be like that woman who went to the judge. She didn't go to her adversary. See, I'm telling you, I I, I can tell I got to dive into this because the church misses it. We think we need to go after our adversary to recover. We sing songs. I'm I'm going back to the enemy's camp, and I'm taking back all that he stole from me. Let me tell you something. I don't have to go to the enemy's camp and take it back because when Jesus died on the cross, he took it all the way back, and now by faith, what I got to do is come in agreement with the finished work of Christ and say, it's mine because Jesus paid the price. Paid in full. Judgment in my favor. You understand that there are judgments that have been ruled. There, are, there, there is delegations to be paid. And there are people that have inheritance. I'm talking legally at courtrooms. That people have not even went and obtained on judgments that have ruled in their favor. There's things that the court ruled in their favor. Inheritances, real estate, whatever. And they, the, the, the people don't have them simply because they ain't went and got them. 
And I wonder how many times it is that way in the church that we're chasing a devil around rather than getting what God's already delegated. Come on, somebody. Mm, Let me teach. I got to teach tonight. I got to teach. Revelation 19, watch this. Revelation 19 and 11 says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. Watch this. It's speaking of the kingship, the king of kings, the Lord of lords of Christ Jesus. Now watch this. He judges and makes war. The church is really good at making war. The church is really good about talking about battlefields, spiritual warfare, but we never talk about courtrooms. We never talk on the understanding that our God is not just king of kings. Watch this. He's judge of judges. (laughs) All right. Jesus is a king. He was never a religious figure. Jesus, watch this. I'm going to ruffle some religious religious feathers tonight. He He was more of a legal and political figure before he was ever a religious figure. He did not come to establish a religious institution. He came to establish his kingdom. That kingdom, what, do, what is kingdom? King, you can't have a kingdom without a king. Kings are more of a political figure, more of a legal figure, than they are of any kind of religious figure. I, 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 I can tell I'm helping somebody, but I ain't helping all of you. Hear me. The Bible is a legal binding document. This is the reason, a great teaching that you could study if you wanted to is Derek Prince's The Believer's Authority. Is that right? The name of it? The Believer's Authority. Yeah. And what it talks about is the understanding that many of us do not have the authority that has been entitled to us and purchased for us because we don't spend time with the legal written document. Do you understand that the B-I-B-L-E is a living will and testament? Watch this. Old Testament, New Testament. Do you understand that those are legal terms? Those are not religious terms. I'm helping somebody. And what we need to understand is rather than taking a stance of warfare, sometimes we just need to take the stance of the word. Uh, I'm telling you, we got to catch this. We got to catch this. The Bible is a legal document. It's an old will and a new will. (laughs) And it's full of legal statements. Hebrews 4, let me show you how much God is indulging on the legal side, the courtroom side of things. Hebrews 4 and 16 says that we come boldly to the throne room of grace. 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. Do you understand that word mediator is a legal term? There's something, I was, I was recently in a lawsuit, and in that lawsuit, I had to go to something in the midst of that two-year legal battle. I had to sit down and do something called mediation. And in the mediation, you're sitting in a room with the accuser, his lawyer. You're seated there with your lawyer. And there's a mediator that's hired in that. Oh, my God, let me help you. And the job of that mediator is to settle the indifference outside of court. His job of the mediator is to find something that is sufficient. His job is to find something that does not entangle the court, but to settle it outside the court. Now when I read, when I read 1 Timothy 2, and it tells me that there is only one mediator between God and man, Christ Jesus. Now I understand that Jesus came out of the courtroom. He settled it on the cross. Why? Because there was a judgment against me. There was a fine that I had to pay that I didn't have the money to pay. And Jesus said, let me go and settle it. And when we sing 
songs about the blood that flowed. What it was was the payment of, of God into earth saying they can't pay the price, but Jesus said, I'll do it. I'll fix it. So it was settled in mediation. <laughs> See, you ever hear that term, if you're listening to any kind of, they'll say that there was some, there was some agreements in mediation. There was, there was legal agreements in mediation. There ain't but one mediator between God and man. His name is Jesus Christ. He came and settled it outside of the courtroom. Why? Because the Bible says that we have an accuser that stands before the throne of God, and he accuses the brethren day and night. Every day, every night, he's talking about everything we've done wrong. Can't believe you're using that Kyle Meyer. He said this, he did this, look where he came from. And God's saying, What? I can't hear you. The blood's louder. <laughs> what? I, I'm sorry, is somebody there talking? I can't see you because there's a shield of blood in front of my eyes. <laughs> Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Watch Revelation 12. Revelation 12. Watch this. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren, which accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. There is coming a day. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory, power and authority. The kingdom of our God will no longer be hidden. The kingdom of our God will no longer be secret, but it shall be revealed. And it will be at the revealing of the throwing down, at the casting down of the accuser of the brethren that stood before the throne of God day and night. Trying to tell them every reason why, why Jeremiah 29, 11 can't come to pass in your life. Trying to tell God every reason why you're not good enough. Trying to tell God every reason about everything you've ever messed up, everything you've ever done wrong. But the blood of Jesus is speaking forgiveness on your behalf. I want you to understand Philippians 4 and 6, we're talking about understanding the, the, the legalities we got to understand God's courtroom. I'm going I'm to tell you this, Philippians 4 and 6. i, I got a story to tell you. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. Watch this. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ and through Christ Jesus. That's good. I don't need to go any further. Watch this. Philippians 4 6 in the NIV says this. It says, do not be anxious for anything but in every situation by prayer and petition. The word, and the King James says, by supplication. But watch, petition. Do you understand that that word petition is actually a legal term? Hold on, hold on, hold on. If we understand that a petition, it literally means this. When you look up the definition of a petition, means a formal request to a higher authority regarding a specific cause. So don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition by a but by prayer and making formal requests to God Almighty regarding your specific cause. When I was sued, I was in I was in the secular arena. It wasn't ministry. When I was sued, I was sued for three hundred thousand dollars. Somebody laugh. Can't get blood from a turnip. I said that joker don't know me, bro. <laughs> I was, it was in in regards to business when I was in construction. I got sued for three hundred thousand dollar lawsuit. In the case of that lawsuit. Here's where they messed up. I knew that the lawsuit in the natural was only a mirror 
of the lawsuit in the spirit. See, spirit always shows up before manifestation. So when you see things in the natural, they are often identifiers of what the enemy is doing in your life in the spiritual. I know I'm talking over some people's heads, but you'll catch it. The Bible says that the spirit was hovering over the face of the deep. Watch this. The spirit was present before the natural ever came to light. And so when I was sued and I had a lawsuit on my life for $300,000, I was anxious. I was worried at first. I was like, my God, $300,000, how am I going to pay for that? And God said, you're not. And what I did is this is where they messed up. The first day I was served with papers of my lawsuit, the first thing I did is I went home. I got in prayer. I laid them documents out, and I began to null. I began to void. I began to cancel every accusation against me. I began to declare the blood of Jesus that would bring truth and bring light. And I, I took every lie, and I pulled it down. And I began to war right, right then. I took the natural of the matter to, to the natural of the spirit, and I began to pray. And I, I boldly came to the throne of grace in my time of need, and I silenced my accusation by the blood of Jesus and I testified of the goodness of God the faithfulness of God and it was on the first day that I was served papers that I knew that that lawsuit would not go anywhere can I tell you that it wasn't settled in mediation it wasn't settled but two years later after I was served papers they they finally discovered they said you know we we realized we don't have a case you doggone right then they wanted to ask me what they needed to pay me But your preacher saved, saved. And I told him, I said, I don't need your money. I said, but quit thinking you can go around slapping lawsuits on people. I forgive you. You're free to go. But see, where they messed up is when they slapped the lawsuit on me in the natural. I knew it wasn't an attack in the natural. I knew that thing was spiritual. So watch this. I didn't go to war. I went to court. And what you need to understand, I'm going to help y'all really quick. I'm going to help y'all because some of you are looking to fight battles and you think there's a warfare against your marriage. You think there's a warfare against your finances. You think it's not. There's spiritual lawsuits that the accuser, watch this, that the accuser, that the Bible says that at the end, these are those that have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Do you not know that testimony is not a warfare term? It is a, is a courtroom term? Can we get a witness? Can we get a witness? Yeah, 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 yeah. What does witnesses do? Witnesses testify of specific events and about specific things. What some of you need to understand is that when the accuser brings accusations in your life, some of you are thinking you need to go to war. You don't need to go to war. You need to go to court. And you need to go to the courts of heaven and you need to settle these things. I have literally heard, I've literally heard of ministries that were, that were in places that they needed financial resources. And it was like they could not get the financial resources. And I've heard of men that began to fast and pray. And they would go into the courts of heaven and they would command the loosening and relinquishing of the resources. The wealth of the wicked being laid up for the wealth of the righteous. And they would command a release of that. And all of a sudden, financially, things would break in their life. They they didn't go to war. They went to court. Watch this. God's word is a legal binding document. Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication, by prayer and petitioning. By prayer and petitioning. 
God's word is the legal binding document in the courtroom of heaven. Understand this, that Jesus is king of kings. And we talk about the king and we talk about his kingdom, but do you understand that in the days, uh, uh, specifically pertaining to biblical times, that a king's word was law? If a king said something and didn't do something, he could lose his kingdom. That he would, what he would say would become law. That whatever the king said was law. So when God wrote an old will and a new will, when God wrote an Old Testament and a New Testament, the king put his word into letter form. And some of y'all think he just wants you to read your Bibles. This is a legal binding document. It tells me that if the thief is caught, he has to repay seven times what he's caught. Come on, some of you need to understand that when your peace got taken, when your, when your joy got taken, and when the enemy took it, you go into the courts of heaven and you declare by the blood of Jesus, Father, I come before your throne of grace in a time of need, in a time of trouble, because the accuser of my life has stolen my joy. He has stolen my peace, and I declare him caught by the blood of Jesus. I call him arrested and detested by the Holy Spirit, and I declare that he's got to pay me back. And the Bible tells you that seven times, whatever the enemy stole from you, he's got to give it back. Seven times the joy. Seven times. Some of y'all don't believe this stuff. I do. That's why I live at peace. It's not always about battling. Let me tell you something. If there's somebody that knows what warfare is, it's Kyle David Meyer. But I have learned that everything doesn't have to be a fight. Some things are just finished. And when we take hold of the finished work of Christ... The gravel's already fallen in your favor, y'all. The gravel's already slammed. The judgment's already been made. I've read the end of the book. We win. I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from victory. It's not a place I'm obtaining. It's a promise that's already been given. My God. Daniel 7, Daniel 7 and 10 says, The fiery stream issued. And came forth from before him, and a thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him, and the court was seated, and the books were opened. Watch this. What book? What book? The books. It's funny because the Bible is a book of 66 books compiled throughout thousands of years with one author. Multiple scribers, but only one author. The infallible, uncorruptible, holy word of God. And when the word of God was established, it would be this book, along, watch this, with the book of life. What is the book of life? The book of life, the Bible tells us, is those that have their name written in the Lamb's book of life. When he judges and makes war, he judges and makes war by the book. What book? The books, do you hear what I'm teaching tonight? That we will be judged and held accountable, not just for every word we said, but for every word he said. That's why we don't tell people, read your Bibles. We tell people, read your Bible, and your Bible will read you. He was, God is giving Daniel a vision on how all this works. 
Daniel, if you, if you read Revelation, you read Matthew chapter 24, any eschatology, any person of end times events, any person that understands hermeneutically the, 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 the Armageddon, they, they cannot avoid Daniel 7, 9, 10. They can't avoid the, 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 the pictures that Daniel paints. And Daniel in Daniel 7 tells us about how the seats were seated and the courtroom was in session and the books were opened. Psalms 139 and 16, watch this. Psalms 139 and 16. It says, your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. I want you to understand something. Before you were formed, he wrote a book on how your life is and how your life is supposed to be and how your life will carry out. He told Jeremiah, he said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knitted you together. I formed you. I fashioned you. And now we discover in Psalms 139 that in the book of life, he has written all of our days out. Zechariah 3 and 7. Let's talk about the battle. Zechariah 3 7, thus saith the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house and likewise have charge of my courts and I will give you places to walk among these who stand here. Listen, the battles that we go through aren't from Satan or the devil meant to give us the weight. Watch this. The battles that we go through from the devil, from life, whatever happens to us, are meant to give us rank. Watch. They aren't to you to give you weight. And a lot of people say, I'm heavy. I I just don't know how much more I can take. The battles that you go through are not to give you weight. They are to give you rank. God has destined for us to do in the earth as Isaiah overheard in Isaiah 6 and 8. Watch, Isaiah 6 and 8. It says, And also I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. You need to understand something. That in the courtrooms of heaven, you, I, want you to, I want you to picture this. That God is the righteous judge. The Bible is clear. That, he, he, the, the, that heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. He, 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 he judges and makes war. God is the righteous judge. He is the one who knows our days. He knows our ends from our beginning. But yet, if God is the judge, then you have an accuser. You have somebody that is, has accusations against you. But watch this. But then... If you have an, ac- an accuser, if you have somebody that is complaining of, about what's wrong in your life, then you have to have a defender. You have, to have, you have to have a mediator. You have to have a lawyer, if you will. And then the lawyer, but then, 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 then you got to have something on the stand called a witness. <laughs> and then in all of the courtroom, there's something considered law. And the law is what establishes righteous judgment. And I think a lot of times in the life of believers, we are looking for battles. And the only reason why we're looking for battles is because we're not looking in our Bibles. 
There are things that God has promised us. There are things that God has given us. There are things that God has established us. And what we have to do is we have to learn to come boldly to his throne of grace in our time of need that we may obtain mercy. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Some of us don't need to go make another war. We don't need another spiritual warfare. We don't need another battle. We need to learn how to take our cases to the courts of heaven And we need to settle it by the blood of Jesus. It's simple, y'all. It's very simple. It's an understanding of what God's word says, that it is law. That if it is the law, that what a king says is law. In other words, he can't back up on his word. That's why the Bible says that he watches over his word to perform it. Why? Because if he said it, he has to do it. Otherwise, he's a liar. Do you hear that? He watches over his word to perform it. Why? Because one word can't fall. If one word falls, then his whole kingdom comes crashing down. God is not man that he can lie, nor is he the son of man that he can even even think about lying. One thing God cannot do is lie. If he said it, he will do it. And if his word said it, then it will be done. But what we have to do is we have to learn how to take the word as the testimony. We got to take the word as the witness. We got to take the word as the one that silences the voice of our accuser. Many believers don't walk in the fullness of their authority because they're not possessed by the word enough to silence the accuser. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Watch this. The things that you go through in the earth are just momentary afflictions giving you the weight to break generational curses. They're give, watch this. They're giving, you, they're giving you the rank because, watch this, he turned his courts over to you. You're not, you're not just the, a, a, any longer the accused. He said, I, I, want you to become, I want you to become the ones that rule in my courtroom. I want you to be the ones that work. See, we should become like lawyers in the courtroom of our God, and we should be settling things in favor on, on behalf of the kingdom of God. We should be silencing the voice of the enemy and establishing the kingdom of God. But our momentary afflictions are but just working towards us a far greater glory. They're giving us more Clout. They're giving us more kabod. Anyone can approach the throne room to find mercy and grace, but not everyone can find them, or not everyone can approach it to break those things off of your family. How you care, how you carry yourself in the earth will determine what courts you can walk in. How you carry yourself in the earth will determine what courts you can walk in. We have to take the word of God and not go to war. We have to take the word of God and we need to begin to silence the voice of the accuser. I'm confident tonight that there are people under the sound of my voice and you're fighting battles that he's already finished. Some of you are frustrated with battles and the reason why is because you're fighting a war that's already been finished. Can you imagine showing up to a war 2,000 years later? Yeah, I mean, I think laughing is appropriate, but the truth of it is, is God ain't laughing, he's shaking his head. He's like, why don't you see it? I already did it. All you need to do by faith is you need to obtain it. 
I've already ruled in your favor. I already have what you're looking for. Quit looking to fight it and receive it by faith. Ephesians 5 and 15, I'm done. Ephesians 5 and 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as the wise. We have to watch how we walk. It's not what you're warring for. It's what we're walking into. I'm telling you, there's a mindset that needs to shift. I'm not saying we don't have spiritual warfare. I'm not saying that there's battles that we don't fight. But I'm saying this, that not everything's a battle. If everything's a battle, then God's a liar. If everything's a battle, then Jesus really didn't do what he said he would do. Because if it's finished, then what is it? I'll tell you what it is. That he is become the propitiation of our sins. The chastisement of our peace was placed upon him. As a lamb led before a shear, he opened not his mouth. He took our judgment so that we could go free. There's an old gospel song about how mercy walked in. I know what it's like to be that man that right before the gravel falls, the doors of the courtroom swing open. And in walks a man with nail-pierced hands and nail-pierced feet, and he says he's free to go. The judge would look at him and say, what do you mean he's free to go? He's free to go. I paid his fines. I paid, I paid it all. He's free to go. We have to understand that when Jesus said it is finished, there's some things we're not fighting for. There's just some things that we need to receive. There are things that are locked up in the heavens. Watch this. The Bible said, if any two shall touch and agree, it shall be done. I got to get real deep for you on a second. The Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth, and it was good. But it says that he placed something else in between heaven and earth, and it's a firmament. It's a space between heaven and earth. And here's the amazing part. Go read Genesis. He doesn't say anything. He says, and it was. He didn't say it was good. He said, heaven is good and earth is good. There's a space between it on a firmament. He says, heaven is good, earth is good. And he created the space between it and the firmament. He said, and it was. Do you know why? Because the Bible tells me that there's a prince of the power of air. Satan. Guess what space he abides in? He abides between heaven and earth. Do you know why God didn't say it was good? Because God said, I'm leaving it up to you to determine what it is. You'll determine that space. You'll determine how much Satan rules. My God, I'm telling you, I feel this thing. You'll determine how much Satan obtains. You'll determine how much Satan overthrows. You'll determine how much havoc and turmoil Satan does in your life. You'll determine that space. I'm not calling it anything. He said, Adam, what do you call it? Kyle, what do you call it? Well, God, I'm calling that space good. I'm declaring that the prince of the power of air has been cast down. I'm declaring the space between heaven and earth has become a ladder, and I see angels ascending and descending, bringing gifts to men and taking petitions to the Father. I declare that space is good. Not warring. 
I'm walking. I'm walking in this season. I'm walking into the courtrooms confident of the one who called me. I'm walking in the courtrooms in this season knowing that I'm anointed and appointed, knowing that if God be for me, who can be against me? It's not a battle, it's a belief. I'm not fighting for victory in this season, fighting from it. Stand with me all over the house.